guys, welcome back to A Bite of D&D, the podcast where we add flavor to your games and campaigns. I am Zach, and sitting across from me is my co-host, Micah. How you doing, guys? And today, we are going to be talking about barbarians, specifically totem warrior barbarians. These are found in the monster manual. Hey, monster manual. Yes. <laughs> they are monsters. They are monsters. But the uh, player's handbook, page 50. And we felt, I felt at least, um, when I posed this topic, I was like, man, these guys, I've never seen one in play. I've never considered using one. I think these would be a good one to cover. And I got onto the DMs Guild to prove myself right. And they are the most created uh, barbarian class so, out yeah. there. And we'll talk about maybe why that is later. But but I guess I'll just preface this by saying that I'm going to be coming at this from like, why would you play this sort of a thing? And hopefully Micah will be able to kind of give us an indication of, of where their strengths lie. So why don't you go ahead and start us off with a quick intro. So first of all, I view the Totem Warriors a little bit differently than your typical barbarian because they're more in tune with nature they get a couple ritual spells right when you go down that path because you have your totem animals and things i feel like they're definitely more shamanistic mm-hmm. than a typical barbarian would be and in the the i almost said monster manual as well there in the player's handbook when they go over barbarians they do say that really barbarians as a whole is just the name they give to them because they're nomadic and they're primitive compared to most modern societies. But a true berserker, a player class berserker, is as rare to barbarians as a whole as an exceptionally skilled fighter is to normal people as well. So I, I view the totem warrior barbarian as not in the same vein as the other barbarian paths might be, but more of a shamanistic, from a roleplay perspective, a higher wisdom score, more leader-type role within a barbarian society. And that's just my personal view on it, but I think their ties with nature, these totem uh, spirits and stuff that they go to for strength and lend itself to that. So I think you need to look at these differently than you would your your other paths. Because traditionally, and not that they aren't still somewhat here, but traditionally barbarians have been your frontline fighter who has a, a billion hit points and is your biggest damage dealer. That's not quite what this archetype is going for. Yeah, these guys scale back on the damage and they do give you quite a bit more utility through your various totems. They still get the rage. They still get those benefits. They're still pretty tanky. And I think they feel the feel the tanky aspect even better depending on the totem you take at level three. Yeah. So with that bear totem, you actually gain resistances to every damage type besides psychic, which this is why I think they're the top played subclass for barbarians. And I don't think it's the people playing pure barbarians i think people take that subclass for the level three dip when they're playing other things druid being the most popular one i can think of where you're raging in your wild shape and you get free hit point from the wild shape and you get the crazy resistances from your rage and i think people are taking it for that powerful level three dip because i do think bear is on a whole nother level compared to the other two options at that level three option for the totems. So we can divide Totem Warrior into two. It, it really gets two types of abilities at its different level achievements. It either gets 
this aspect ability for the totem, which is either a bear, an eagle, or a wolf, which we can talk about more, maybe what those three represent. But then, it, so it either gets one of those at its ability marks, or it gets a, basically, a, becomes a ritual spellcaster in a small sense with its, with its other climbs. I think by the end of it, you're getting like beast sense, uh, speak with animals and commune with nature mm -hmm. and you can cast them all as rituals, but that's the only way that you can cast them. Yep. And I think that makes sense. Again, they're more shamanistic. I think rituals are a, in my mind, more integral to shamans in general, and they're still barbarians. They're not suddenly turning into spellcasters, but it gives them that communing with the, the spirits of their ancestors sort of feel. Even on Spirit Walker, the 10th level where they get communed with nature, they say that when you do this ritual, whatever your totem spirit is, appears to you as like an actual spirit to convey the information that you're after. Yep. That's kind of a cool flavor um, for, for that. Yeah, though, how much utility you're going to get, I don't know. That's kind of going to be up to your campaign and up to your creativity and up to your DM's allowance probably. But. but overall, I think that's why, at least statistically, they're as popular as they are. I think people take them for a level three dip. And I, I'm not saying that I think that's all they're good for. But I think that's the biggest reason you see them as popular as they are. Because I think for the people who are truly playing, they want to play a barbarian. They want to play the berserker. They want to get the extra attack. They want to be an indomitable rage machine that just crushes everything beneath them. And that's not what this path does. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you, as we get into this, these other elements, the, the bear and the eagle and the wolf, my biggest complaint with it and why I, I hesitate to dive into it. And I guess I'm, I'm learning more why it can be a good element or why it could be a good RP thing. But when you achieve these different things, at 3rd level, and at 6th level, and at 14th level, you can choose bear, eagle, wolf. And then when you get to 6th level, you choose again bear, eagle, wolf, and you just continue on. So you might be a 3rd level bear, a 6th level eagle, and a 14th level wolf. And that's completely fine. In my mind, it shouldn't work like that, but I guess I'm also kind of approaching at it more from like a... So I guess the my counter to that was they say that most clans will stick with one animal, but there are exceptions. And in my mind, adventurers are already the exception to the rule in general. Yeah. And I think if you have a more, again, and this plays into the fact that I think these particular barbarians should be more wisdom focused when it comes to role play. And it's all going to depend on how it's role played out, whether how I feel it should be played. But if you are playing a wiser type barbarian that is has more worldly experience, has seen different both clans or situations in which they have to come to terms with their way may not always be the best way. And there may be some merit into looking at what these other cultures and clans do. I think it would make sense that maybe you have bear at level three wolf at level six eagle at level 14 and you mix up how you do those abilities and they have more respect for everything as a whole on that same side of things maybe you don't worry about your mental stats maybe you still dump your mental stats treat them as the the ragey beat sticks that they typically are and they say no my clan best clan we we very wise uh you laugh at the bookworms and stuff that try to to use science to tell you things 
because that's not how it is done. It is known. Kind of have a Dothraki vibe there, and you just do your thing because that's the thing that you've always done. And that's 100% acceptable. But I think if that's how the character's being played, it needs to go all the way. And I think you do need to stick with one totem. I, I, I think these guys can go either way. But I think, as a whole, this class... Uh, lends itself, especially as adventurers, to being that exception, probably better than a lot of the other exception-type classes that I've seen. Yeah. Well, and I think, as we were talking about this earlier, I, I came to a realization that part of why I haven't had a lot of interest for this Totem Warrior archetype is because I have a hard time putting it in the Barbarian class and feeling like it fits at home. I think that they've this showcases how much they've reimagined that class as a whole into being something that's more all-encompassing and not just a rage machine but can have other interesting elements a part of me wishes that they would have taken this class built a shaman class out of it given us some more different creatures to choose from and honestly it even feels good if it were a druid class as opposed to barbarian but every class seems to have archetypes that kind of blend the lines a little bit yeah 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 and i think that that's what this is doing is trying to blend that line a little bit trying to extend the um the pool for what a barbarian can be and i think i think if you're com- if, certainly if you're wanting to play a shaman this is probably as close as you're going to get with a with a al legal class well and one of the things i put down just as a role play note flavor wise what you can do to these is if you play wow uh, like Bane Bloodhoof has this totem that he uses that's as big as he is that he uses to smash things. And you can reflavor like a great mall or a great club. And as you gain your totem animals at level 3, 6, and 14, you kind of carve this into the totem to reflect your personal journey and growth. And you use this as your weapon as you bash things down. When you do your rituals, you place it down and kneel beside it. And do your your prayers to your ancestors and stuff. And I think it, the weapon itself can then be an inner reflection of your character in a way, and the growth and the path that they've gone down. So, do you want to talk about any of these aspects in particular before we move on to other elements of this class? Yeah, let's go ahead and dive into some of these. I know I mentioned that I think the level three, the bear is head and shoulders above the other two because resistance to all damage besides psychic is pretty major. Grand Granted, you have to be raging to use it, but you have to be raging to use any of these level 3 abilities. So I think resistance to everything is quite a bit stronger. Eagle does give you the ability to have... You get the dash action as a bonus action, and creatures have disadvantage when trying to hit you with their opportunity attacks, which can be great. Again, it kind of allows you to have a little bit more utility in how you get around the battlefield. If a teammate is in danger, you can get in there, get them out, whatever. But if you have resistance to all damage types and you have 500 health, how much do you really care about giving them disadvantage? Or would you rather just guarantee that you're going to take half damage from whatever they manage to hit you with? And in more circumstances, it'd be a benefit to you. Uh, Wolf is the only other one I think I would majorly consider, and it basically gives all your allies around you pack tactics. So if they go in to make a melee attack roll against a creature that's within five feet of you, they get advantage. 
I think Wolf is the only other major one I would consider. But again, depending on the setup, especially if you're going to be in a front line, which the Barbarian typically is, I think Bear, like I said, head and shoulders above the rest as far as power goes. And that's where it comes down to role play and what you want to do with the character. But I think that Bear is the primary reason this archetype is well, the, the top Well, and what it archetype. also does is raise Barbarian from being a class where that resistance matters at the low levels but becomes increasingly worthless as you go on to something that you can carry with you all the way up. Yep. And that's that's of huge importance. I mean, it's not that the base rage is bad. The the bludgeoning, piercing, slashing damage resistance does include magical bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing, unlike most creatures you see where it's only from non-magical weapons. So that does carry over for the barbarian, but then when you're fighting dragons that are breathing fire and lightning and you've got poison damage and stuff coming in, you're suddenly less useful than you were at previous levels. So it just allows them to remain relevant, to be that meat shield that you can throw at the face of things throughout the entire campaign. And I just think it's a very strong option. How many undead use necrotic damage? And that's another thing. It's like, okay, you take six slashing damage and then 12 necrotic. Okay, well, you get half of the slashing, but you take the full necrotic. It's like you quickly become a puny barbarian if you can't kind of resolve yourself against some of those other damage types, whether by an item or by something like this. Yeah. So as a whole, I think that one's going to be your strongest option. At level six, I think it is then the weakest option. So I think each one of these totems definitely has a spot where they shine the most. And that's the the game developers trying to balance, find a balance between these three to where one isn't the obvious choice every time well and it goes back to if you're role-playing your character out based on your particular tribe and you go down this one you'll get options that feel good with everyone um and it gives reason to why these clans would say well we're the best and this is the way because maybe they need the abilities from the eagle where they live but yeah. down where the bear clan lives, it's a completely different ball game. Yeah. So I think it lends credence to the world they have anyway, and it's just a good way to balance everything out. So I think the design overall is very smart yeah. on how this is arranged. But level six, things change up. Like I said, I think the bear is the weakest, especially because a lot of people tend to ignore this rule anyway. But it doubles your carrying capacity, and you have advantage on strength, strength checks to push, pull, lift, or break objects, which that one is more useful than the carrying capacity one but typically i see a lot of dms and at least home games not obviously your adventure modules and stuff that hand out a bag of holding or something pretty early on just so it's something they don't have to keep track of all the time so it depends on the game you're in you could get more mileage out of this than i'm giving it credit for that's going to depend on the game you're playing Right. right eagle i think is pretty interesting You can see uh, up to one mile away with no difficulty, able to discern even fine details as though looking at something more than 100 feet away from you. And then dim light doesn't impose disadvantage on your wisdom perception checks. First of all, I will say I don't know if I've ever had anyone actually give me disadvantage based on the lighting. That's another thing I think gets overlooked a lot. And so many classes have dark vision too. I think it, it just kind of gets ignored. And then the other thing is how often is the DM going to set something up a mile away from you? Where when this you're is raging. Go- yeah. Well, and I will say these are all passive effects. So at level six, 
You don't have to be raging to use them. That is exclusive to the level three and the level 14. So this is more, again, more of a ribbon ability, which every class gets, because I think a lot of these are less useful. But I think the one that has the biggest impact, because it's one of those skills that is a high priority skill, will be the wolf totem. Uh, you gain hunting sensibilities of a wolf. You can track other creatures while traveling at a fast pace. So you're, you're not slowing down. You can move at a normal speed. You can even catch up with whatever you're tracking. And the other biggest benefit to this is you can move stealthily while moving at a, a normal pace. Typically with stealth, you have to move at half speed. So this gives your barbarian a slightly better edge when making their way through the wilderness or other environments where stealth is a necessity. And I think overall it's the thing that would get used the most on that tier. Mm-hmm. Not Again, not that the others are bad. It depends on the game you're running. But I think for most games, for most players, Wolf has the most overall power in that tier, which again is why you want to focus on the roleplay side of things. It's why I think if you're playing a more wisdom-heavy barbarian – they see the benefits of this. If you're gonna if you're gonna play an optimized character, have a way that you can justify that and role play that out. I think you should have the wisdom score for your character to realize that and then to make those decisions based on their worldly experience and things. Right. But that's my take on the level six. We've been over the level ten. Again, I think it's a very solid utility option. Commune with nature is actually fairly powerful. Let you know three pretty major things going on in a three mile radius it's a huge area if you're underground that does knock it down to 300 feet but it's useful in multiple locations it's very good at giving your party information and the fact that you can do it as a ritual i think is pretty strong so again this is kind of mileage by dm which is the downside of this ability you'll want to work with your dm on making sure you can benefit from it but I think it's a pretty cool way that they tie that back into the spirit animals. And I would even say that you can have the, the spirit animal when it appears kind of blink in and out in order to check on those things and yeah. kind of role play that up as far as communing with it. Right. The final one is once again, you have to be raging to benefit from. And this is where depending on what items and stuff your, your DM has handed out, Eagle becomes the strongest option. Eagle, while you're raging, you have a flying speed equal to your current walking speed. Barbarians do get a, not a full unarmored movement like a monk, but they do get an additional 10 feet of movement. I believe that's for all barbarians. I don't think that's a specific path. So that does give you a 40 foot flying speed for free without having to use a spell or anything like that. Downside is it is while you're raging. So if that rage falls off, you do drop But overall, I think it gives you the best utility. But Bear, if you're going for that tanky kind of build, you're trying to protect your party members, Bear gives disadvantage to any creature within five feet of you that attacks someone other than you. It's an ability similar to what I think Purple Dragon Knights have and a few other classes where they can kind of taunt or distract the enemy. But it, again, gives the Bear a very solid option that is also allows them to benefit from the fact that they have those better resistances. Right. And then Wolf, finally, is probably, in my opinion, the weakest. And not that this is a weak ability. It's actually quite good. You can use your bonus action to knock a larger, smaller uh, creature prone when you hit them with a melee weapon attack. The reason I think it's the weakest is 
Warlocks get this with their Pack Smite ability, and I believe it's huge or smaller. They don't have to waste an action doing it. Granted, they do use their Smite for it, so they're still using a resource there. Not that it's a, a free knockdown, but it's more useful in more situations, and you're not using an extra action for it. There are other classes that get similar spells and things that do the same thing mm-hmm. without cutting into your action economy. And again, they can work on a wider variety of creatures than just large or smaller. I feel like once you get up to these levels, you're going to be fighting things that are gargantuan and and huge and larger sizes than large and smaller. So I think overall it's probably the weakest. Again, it's not bad. I think it's still a solid option. And knocking them prone to give the rest of your teammates advantage is still quite powerful. And ultimately, again, I think it comes down to, I think there's good balance there. I think roleplay-wise... You're not going to feel bad with whatever options you go with. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a, a path for every barbarian. I, uh, I agree with everything. But that's all I really have on them. This is actually longer than I was expecting, but we also dove into abilities more than we typically do with these subclasses. But I think the abilities in this case are very well-themed and part of the flavor of the class, where I think a lot of abilities are just mechanics i think these ones very much play into how you are playing this barbarian and what type of experience you're looking for as far as what you're doing we'll catch you guys next time if you have a different perspective on why the totem warrior is better maybe you're one of the people that that took them all the way to the end of your campaign there's no multi-classing shenanigans involved there let us know why maybe we're wrong and why they deserve more credit than just a level three dip and why you think the the popularity is there because you should go all the way yeah let us know see you guys later